Started in 1974, the American Agrowomen have become a solid, incredible voice for agriculture. To quote from their website, they strive to be a force for truth, a reasoned, nonpartisan voice for the agriculture community to the public. Heather Hampton Nodal is the current president, and today we talk about the issues they're focused on and the role they play in representing our industry. And sometimes we must lift our head and we have to look around and we have to listen to other people because it would behoove all of us to make some friends outside of our industry and realize that we share some issues in common. And we have a serious conversation about how they stay out of the fray on the issues that have been divisive to the beef industry. Overall, over the history of the organization since 1974, we have really managed to stay above most of it most of the time. The American Agrowomen takes center stage on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Welcome you here. This is the Work and Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. We're glad to have you along for our program today. This is episode 88, and uh, I mainly do that so that if you're n- making notes here, if you don't uh, are not listening to this through a podcast site and you're listening here on the radio, you can go back and listen to it by the number. Of course, we also do a pretty good job on the podcast site of describing the show as well and including links and various things like that whenever we refer to those. So if you pretty much search... You can you can search pretty much any podcast site out there. You can also just literally search in your web browser, Working Ranch Radio Show, and you're going to see some links come up that'll get you to the right spot, but you can get into the show. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago that I do try to do uh, topics a lot of times. Sometimes they're not so much, but most times they are topics that what I like, uh, what I call have shelf life, meaning that if you listen to them down the road, maybe a year, 18 months, two months, two years down the road, they're going to be relevant still, just like we did with last week week show where we were talking about fall work and how you can make the most out of it. I'm pretty sure that next year at this time when we're all looking at our fall work, uh, it's going to be applicable to that as well. So um, I hope you enjoy that and uh, we appreciate you tuning in here for this week's show. Today our guest is going to be Heather Hampton Nodal. She is the current president of the American Agri-Women as we explore their organization, not only the issues that they're focused on, but also, you know, they're are some issues within our industry, within our beef industry that have caused divisiveness. And we've had that for several years. How do they stay above that? And we're going to have that conversation with her and just uh, overall their their group as a whole and how they approach these issues to stay relevant to the industry and what they see are important issues for American agriculture. Plus, we're going to talk about their upcoming national convention that's going to be taking place up in Bozeman, Montana. So today, my guest is going to be Heather Hampton-Nodal, current president of the American Agri-Women. Also, of course, at the very end of our program, meteorologist Don Day will be joining us with a look at our long-term weather, and we do have a La Nina update. Now, I think we had a little bit of one last week's show, but uh, this one is based on kind of a six-month look out on the La Nina weather pattern, so we're going to get that from meteorologist Don Day when he joins us at the end of our show. Right now, a thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, Biozyme. It's weaning time, so for protection 
and recovery, think Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. The American Akaushi Association experience the difference at akaushi.com. And Zoetis, visit inheritprogress.com to request a call with a rep and ask about free TSUs to get you started. Speaking of Zoetis, you know, it's the little things that could derail progress, but your herd can be covered. Visit getlessparasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. And the American Simmental Association, from maternal traits to terminal traits. The genetic merit of Simmental Genetics has provided increased profitability to the rancher. Sim Genetics, profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. And ZenPro Perfusion Drench, optimized performance from the start with ZenPro Perfusion Drench. Well, right now, let's check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne. He is the publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, all you Working Ranch radio show loyal listeners. Shout out to the silage crews. I know you're driving along, silaging, 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 and sometimes the spout doesn't quite make the truck, and you waste like two gallons of silage, and it just wrecks your whole hour. I understand all that. Uh, Don't worry about it. You're doing great. Keep banging away at it. Uh, We appreciate what you're doing. Justin, last episode, E87, you had a great guest, Dr. Steve Paisley, University of Wyoming, and he talked about something really important, really, really important to my to, to me because I'm really into the low-stress cattle handling thing. It's not something that's new. Uh, I, I started working on the big outfits in the 70s, and, I mean, th- these guys were already doing it out there. Uh, they've been doing it since they were moving cattle from Texas up north and uh, just grazing them along. They weren't pushing them or driving them or stampeding them. They were walking them north, and they were putting pounds on those cattle. So this is not anything new. But Dr. Paisley kind of, uh, you know, he, he, makes it, he makes a really good point there early on in the interview, Justin. He talks about, you know, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. The cow, cattle are getting tired. The crew's getting tired. You're trying to get everything done in one afternoon. And then he talks about effective time management to reduce stress in the livestock and the crew and everything else. And he talks about little things like, you know, maybe moving those cows closer to the facilities a day or two before and then and take that hour or two out of it and potential problem out of it uh back in the day i worked you know a lot of these big outfits you know five six thousand head of cows and uh, we took the time in the fall to sex the calves so we'd gather make a road deer a thousand fifteen hundred head of cows you know eight nine of us and um and and start working pair working steer pairs off this way heifer pairs off that way then when it came time for fall works we would just gather up the steer group bring them in we didn't have to sex anything it was just a, just now we're sorting for uh you know for size and, and shape and stuff so think about those types of things because that is the re- the reason we are cattle people and we, we're cow hands we give the cows a hand and we want to make things as low stress for them as we possibly can because Probably the most important thing is vaccine efficacy. I do not want to spend a bunch of money and time and hope on a vaccine and then have it, you know, not work because I was, you know, the cattle were stressed up or the facilities were not properly uh, built so that I couldn't get that uh, injection in there at the proper place. Those are all great things. Go back to E87. Justin, you're doing a great job and have a great week, everybody. 
All right. Thanks, Captain. And thanks for taking some time here. I know you are trying to get the next issue ready to go. Folks, that's kind of how the business goes. Uh, You know, we're just still kind of going through the September, October issue of Working Ranch Magazine. And yeah, they're already working on the November one. And that's just kind of how the business goes. So I know he took the time to drop in his two cents this week. And I sure appreciate him doing that. Well, how is your fall work doing since that was the title of last week's show? We just got underway with ours last weekend, had the opportunity to get our calves preconditioned, get ready to go, and uh, had some good weather to do most of that in. We're actually, fortunately, knock on wood, getting a little bit of moisture in our part of the country here in northeastern Wyoming, so that's always good. Helps to kind of get some fall grass growing that is very, very useful. So I hope you all are doing well with your fall work, and uh, drop me a line. Let me know how your fall work's going either on social media or shoot me an email. Either way, you can find me on Facebook at justinmills.yocowboy Instagram handle the same as well. Send me a picture. Let me know what it looks like. Hey, I enjoy looking at other people's operations, seeing your cattle, seeing your horses, whatever setup you got going on there. Or you can also send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into our featured interview as we talk about the American Agri-Women. That is the focus of this week's show when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Every year you pick your replacement heifers. Some become profitable cows. Others disappoint. How can you make more reliable selections? Genetic testing. Commercial cow-calf producers like you are using Inherit Select from Zoetis. You gain valuable predictions, including cow fertility, size and soundness, feed efficiency, growth and carcass merit, as well as easy-to-use economic indexes. This improves your selection, breeding, and marketing decisions. Request a call from InheritProgress.com and ask about free TSUs to get you started. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here as we turn now to our featured interview. And joining us here today is Heather Hampton Nodal with uh, American Agri-Women. She is the president of the American Agri-Women. And uh, Heather, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor. You bet. Now, first question, I guess, for you, uh, a little bit about yourself. I know you're from Illinois, but what part of Illinois are you from? We're south central. So if you're familiar with the state capital of Springfield, we're about an hour southeast. Okay. And I know your operation, you uh, uh, farm operation. I know you run a few cows as well. But, of course, uh, as we were talking before we went on air, kind of getting to the busy time of the season, you guys are picking up and getting things going here. Yes, we are. We've started corn harvest and Today, the equipment seems to want to work with us, so that's always a good sign. (laughs) And uh, we do have some fall calving. We transitioned to that because we got fed up with the zero degree trying to get a pulley on a cow, (laughs) hang the calf over the fence situation. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> so we still have some calves dropping on their own and the cows are taking care of business. And, you bet. <laughs> yeah. So right now it is, it is harvest time and it's a good time to be alive. You bet. Before we get into a little bit about the American Ag Women, I want to back up a bit and, and more about you because I know you've been in, involved in agriculture uh, a long time and there's different avenues from that, uh, both professionally and, and personally that you've been involved in that. So let's, let's kind of get a little bit about you. Well, thanks. Um, feels like several lifetimes, kind of chapters, but I grew up growing, raising and showing Angus cattle, black Angus. I always need to qualify that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and walking beans and on our farm. But then in my adult career, I've had the opportunity to work with livestock groups, uh, married a farmer, farm together. We have four children. Montgomery County, Illinois is our base. But uh, even before that, I started working with livestock groups and got familiar with their issues and then had my own business where smaller associations like the Association of Drainage Districts, where we have a situation here east of the Mississippi where it's more about draining the water away <laughs> than the need to irrigate. Mm -hmm. There is some irrigated land in Illinois where we have sandier soil deposits, ironically closer to rivers, but um Otherwise, I've, I've worked with drainage and water quality issues since the 90s. I worked with navigation, flood control, economic development with the Upper Mississippi, Illinois, Missouri Rivers Association and National Waterways Conference on their board. I've um, helped found, as we started having more children, I worked in our area here to help start a public-private economic development corporation and also an 11-county $250 million bond authority and a youth entrepreneurship program called CEO. So we have a lot of things going. I've helped lead several efforts to bring better broadband, mm -hmm. uh, both through terrestrial fixed wireless and also fiber optic to the premises. Um, served on the county board, <laughs> did my time. I said, <laughs> people were like, are you still on the county board? No. <laughs> are you going to run again? No. <laughs> I'm good. I did what I came to do. <laughs> So we've it's been a it's been a good run. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about American Agro Women, and it's it's an organization that uh, I know is actually you know has been around for quite a while, and maybe folks aren't very familiar with it, but I know each state has their uh, or several states have their own state organizations, and then of course there's an American Agro Women. Let's talk about the history of the organization, how it got started, and how it's functioning. Great. Well, there were a few states in the late 60s, early 70s, like Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, California, who had groups of women getting together saying, we know we have something to offer and we want to be engaged in issues as well. We don't just want to be the ones bringing the potluck to the meetings. So don't, you know, don't relegate us yeah. and only associate us with food. We think we we just have more to bring. And that really became the the lightning rod to gather women together. So 1974 was when American Agri-Women was founded. And uh, since that time, we've seen ebbs and flows in state affiliates. And we currently have uh, more than 20 different state and commodity affiliates. Uh, for example, some cattle women affiliates, uh, some wool growers, okay, timber, women in timber in South Dakota, oh, wow. Oregon, and so on. But as you've seen, I'm, I'm sure We've seen this everywhere in, in agriculture and in rural America, whereas you have fewer people in the production capacity, it's harder to maintain organizations. And I, I'm thinking of groups like Idaho Women in Timber. Mm -hmm. We used to have a, just a wonderful affiliate there, and 
there's still wonderful people there. It's just that that industry suffered so much because of regulatory changes that shaped their marketplace. Uh, they weren't able to sustain the organization. So we've seen those affiliates over time go through growing pains, but then we've also seen upticks in areas like North Carolina or New York. Or It's just been um, interesting because mm-hmm. I've been a member of AgriWomen since 1995. Okay. And uh, the, <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we, <laughs> it's been, like I say, it's, it's been a fun run and we continue to evolve and welcome people from from all walks of agriculture and rural life. And we have many members from agribusiness as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's farming, it's ranching, it's agribusiness, it's women who want to make a difference and make sure, you know, really that we can continue to produce food and fuel and mm-hmm. fiber in this country. And do it well. Mm-hmm. Boy, and that's a really good segue to talk about uh, something you and I were talking about before we went on air as well. And that was in regards to a global conversation, a conference that you all had this past summer where you focused specifically on food and energy supply. And uh, you said it was something that really you, you had a pretty good feedback on. We did. I continue to hear from people. In July, we had a global food and energy supply conversation. And what that entailed was we had some guest speakers join us or join me, I guess. And then members and many other people came online for that live session. So our our guest speakers were Roger Cryon, who is the chief economist with American Farm Bureau Federation. Soft spoken, but very well informed. Sure. Professional. Uh, Dean Foreman, who is the chief economist with the American Petroleum Institute. So he's able to speak to us. I mean, he, he's following daily, actually by the minute, the factors that drive global energy, everything. Uh, it, it's really overwhelming, mm-hmm. actually. You know, I, you kind of get used to working in the food and ag industry and think about like in, in our business, we, in our farming, we think of Brazil and Rotterdam and Japan. I and mean, we, we think of these places as part of our web that impacts us daily but yet the the energy piece is just phenomenal and then we had uh, rose barbatil who currently works with farm journal foundation but in her so her current work is really critical for the idea of how do we teach people how to fish so they can fish for life Mm -hmm. and this idea that helping smallholder farmers in developing countries is really critical for peace and security and avoiding famine and ultimately, what we've seen through those type of U.S. aid programs, we've seen them become trading partners, which helps our agricultural industries across the board. Mm-hmm. And that was an also really interesting piece that I was surprised. Uh, Rose is a wonderful person herself, but the number of questions and comments we had just on that piece within the, the conversation was really um I guess reaffirming yeah. the yeah. fact that we tried to have a, a more holistic conversation about how this all works together, not just how we're feeling the pinch here in the United States for our input supplies and supply chain issues. Yeah. As you were talking about that, it made me realize that um, so often I think it's pretty easy to want to stay on the farm or the ranch 
and not leave that. And then pretty much we kind of get tunnel visioned into the issues we're dealing with here. And what was interesting to hear some of your speakers that were there at that global conversation talking about our, our the economics of things to the petroleum industry and the energy element that's that's involved in that. You can't help but leave that just being able to be way more informed than you were starting. Absolutely. And that's part of the underlying mission of American AgriWomen is how do we broaden our awareness and deepen our understanding. And I think, you know, that conversation is one of many examples of how we accomplish that. You know, Justin, you and I were visiting about just the cost of trucking feed Mm -hmm. to your livestock and that it actually makes more sense to maybe take the cows to where the feed is sometimes Mm -hmm. changing up our business model and, and, and looking at that, but that cost of transportation and cost of hauling and trips across the field to condition the hay, right? Mm -hmm. Mow it, whatever, Mm -hmm. bale it, Mm -hmm. make it happen. All of it, we are all so interconnected. So how can we help people continually understand that so they can make better business decisions or try to anticipate or look for opportunities, not only opportunities on their own farm, their own ranch, but also opportunities maybe to work with other people when they have that chance or if they can carve out the time. Mm-hmm. Time and energy, though, are the things that we know we can't, we yeah. can't multiply. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we just try to bring it to people where they are as much as we can. You bet. Well, folks, my guest today is Heather Hampton-Nodal. She's the president of the American AgriWomen. She's based out of Illinois, leading a national organization here. And when we come back, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the big issues you've already talked about. We've already talked a little bit about their focus on food and energy, but also we have some other just uh, uh, issues coming up as well that they're going to be working on. We're going to talk about that when we come back. And also uh, in our third segment with them, we'll get into their national convention that's coming up in Montana. We'll talk about that as well. So stay with us when we come back. We'll continue this conversation when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. At the American Akaushi Association, we're more than prime. The American Akaushi Association was created to help ranchers be more profitable and find opportunities when using Akaushi genetics in their herd. We focus on market opportunities for our members and offer support from conception to consumer. When you choose Akaushi, you have a network right there with you. Experience the difference at akaushi.com. That's a k a u s h i.com. Control comes when you focus on the little things, from daily chores to parasite management, because any little thing could derail progress, but your herd can be covered. Visit getlessparasites.com for solutions from Zoetis. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Heather Hampton Nodal. She is the president of the American Agri Women. And uh, Heather, again, we, we're glad to have you here with us. Let's turn to some of the other issues that you all, as the American Agri Women, are focused on. I know we have a, a farm bill, 2023 farm bill, that's going to be uh, working on here, as well as water issues. What, from from your guys' standpoint, I know you as an organization, you all get together. Okay, here's the issues we're focused on. Uh, and you have to narrow that down to some extent because we can't just do everything and you want to have an impact. So what are the issues that you guys are trying to have an impact on? Right now, Justin, you said it well. (laughs) (laughs) And right now, literally the week you and I are talking, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be working on atrazine comments 
atrazine is such a critical component for weed control for farms and and ranches i mean this is this is nationwide Mm -hmm. it's found in 90 different chemical compounds that are used across different aspects in agriculture and so that's one piece we're getting ready to comment on uh we're continually watching the converse not watching but also participating in comments related to esg environmental social governance and how that can drive ultimately drive management at the farm level and what we're trying to do is protect that management and say no this is why we are independent farmers and ranchers because we know best Mm -hmm. what needs to be done here by the way we this is our land (laughs) and and our resources that we invest in continuously so that's just an ongoing um morphing giant especially in the finance sector right now we had filed comments in june to the security exchange commission on that particular issue uh as one example also we'd filed earlier in the year on the waters of the u.s seems to be the ongoing area of you know, governmental reach try to find a soft way to say it. there's no soft way to say it <laughs> yeah. it's yeah you know stop doing that just stop yeah. and let us try to feed people especially right now you know (laughs) just let us do our job other issues though as we look at emerging issues and and i guess i should address how we try to tackle that as an organization okay each march rough it's usually march it'll be april in 2023 each spring we convene a mid-year session and at that session we do have some speakers and we have some social time so people Mm -hmm. can network and Mm -hmm. build relationships and find common ground but the primary focus of that meeting is to, to develop, cross-check what we call our position statements that are essentially the philosophical underpinning for where we stand and why we stand there. And so we look at those every year and we say, what do we need to amend or delete or add to? And then from that, we get that repackaged. And then we say, all right, now let's look at what Congress is talking about and or federal regulatory agencies. And let's create our key talking points or white papers, if you will, on key congressional Senate, House, or regulatory issues. And then we'll take those five to six. uh, This year we had more than that, but we ended up with five to six bundled. And we'll take that to Washington, D.C. with us in early June for our fly-in. So that's kind of how we address the process. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I look at issues impacting all of us, which, you know, we as a national organization have to be really aware of and I think have a voice in, so much of them align with the interest of small business and independent businesses. I'm looking at our own farm right now, and we received our health insurance renewal. And I'm, <laughs> I try to keep a very positive approach, but I'm telling you, this is one where deep breathing exercises have been applied. Yeah. Well, strong language has been used, but it's not going to change the fact that they're asking us to pay $75,000 a year just for premium. Oh, man. A premium. That's not health care. That's them trying to make up for money they spent last year. Yeah. Them, meaning the health insurance company. Yeah. You know, remember, people, they are for-profit businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a service. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really, that's just one issue. I think labor energy costs, just business climate in general, and how we can, you said it in an earlier conversation, you you said it's so easy 
not easy, but it almost becomes necessary. We have to keep our head down and we have to deal with what we have to do day to day, especially when you have livestock. Because, I mean, those are living animals and they get into their own accidents. They get Right. And, yeah. and you end up being the I got it. I'm the caregiver here. Let's go in. Let's intervene and take care of business. That's what you have to do. But sometimes we must lift our head and we have to look around and we have to listen to other people because it would behoove all of us to make some friends outside of our industry and realize that we share some issues in common because what has been happening systemically, definitely since the 90s, is an effort to divide and conquer and make everybody feel like you are in your own silo and you don't have anybody you can reach out to. But I think on some of these other issues, these broader issues, we definitely have other people where we have a lot in common mm-hmm. and we and we need to make that work. Yeah, very true. And I guess to lead into the next question here, when you say it's been one of the things to see division happen in our industry, mm-hmm. how do you guys as an organization stay out of the fray of, we've seen in these livestock groups, division to the point that it hinders us really being very proficient and effective in what we are trying to accomplish as an industry. How do you guys stay out of the fray of those conflicts? It's a challenge. And there have been times where, where we haven't. Okay. Now what, what happened in those times? I try to reflect, it's kind of that we need to study history so we can learn from it. And what happened in that moment were some personalities that wouldn't back down. They just couldn't, they were so confident they were right. And they were the only one who had anything right to say Mm -hmm. that they would not hear. They would not listen. But our approach overall, over the history of the organization since 1974, we have really managed to stay above most of it, most of the time by essentially taking the approach that within a specific commodity, let's take beef for an example. Mm -hmm. If they have such a divisive issue that they can't decide on it themselves, we're probably not going to take a stance on that issue. Now, there may be some sub points though, where, and we have done this, we filed some things related to packers and stockyards Mm -hmm. or industry concentration where you're like, it's pretty clear that we need the Capra Volstead Act and mergers and acquisitions to be monitored and market share. These things our government should be doing for all of us, for consumers, for producers, and for the supplier, for the processors, whether they realize it or not, ultimately it is for their own good. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the, the try to take the the road that is the where you clearly have the the broadest impact, meaning an issue. If it's pretty clear this is a, a market share issue, then we need to speak specifically on that. Mm-hmm. And are we going to try to take somebody's whole set of ideologies and adopt it? Or no, we're not. We're, we're going to try to take it piece by piece. And where there's an opportunity for regulatory comment or a congressional piece that then aligns with that, then then we speak up. But when you look at issues that affect all of us, you know, animal welfare mm-hmm. versus animal rights, yeah, clearly we need to make a stand. And we need ranchers raising cattle in Wyoming to stand up for the hog farmers in Florida. Because what happens is you have two pork producers in Florida. They introduce a bill that says you can't have gestation crates. And a guy raising cattle says, well, I don't care. I just want to sell beef. No, you need to care because how those laws get passed becomes a pattern when it comes to your back door. Yeah. That's kind of the the tough love speech is like, no, we are truly in it together. 
because there is a don't eat meat agenda driving all of that. And they don't care whether it's pork or beef. I mean, they don't care. Yeah. So you, you kind of got to rise above it. But I used to joke, jokingly, I still believe this. I'm like, you know, you have Republicans, you have Democrats, and then you have beef producers. <laughs> like, they're not. They're so independent. It is. It's beyond. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Gonna do what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And that independence, while is good in some ways, uh, can be our Achilles tendon in a lot of ways too. My guest today is Heather Hampton Nodal. She is the president of the American Agri Women. We've been talking about their organization, the focus of some of the things that they're working on as well. We're gonna continue. We have one more segment with her. We're gonna continue when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. It's a competitive calf market, and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fatirity from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sire group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So... The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Heather Hampton-Nodal with the American Agri-Women. She is president of the national organization. She's out of Illinois, and uh, as, as you heard earlier, she's uh, been a part of the organization since 1995. We were talking about some of the issues, and um, we're going to talk about their national convention in just a little bit, but uh, maybe, Heather, as between the break here, you and I were talking just about the division within the industry, and you know your words in the last segment were we're just so, so good in the fact that um, it's it's really that division is really what is not allowing us to move forward and, and it could be one of the what I would consider to be one of the biggest threats to us here in agriculture. It is tremendous. I've thought over time. Oh, I've I've had the opportunity to observe uh, my friends from other states who are very passionate, very informed, intelligent, articulate, just amazing people. Okay. But I've observed them as they look at, we'll call them the environmental industry groups, and they'll say, well, follow the money, follow the money. And I want to remind them to do the same in the organizations which you join. Follow the money and really look at everybody, everything, every organization that is donating to them, because that has been happening in our in our industry, as you say, specifically within livestock and uh I don't know if everybody's always aware of that because it is so easy to be driven by fear or if you're already predisposed to think, now I don't like this, I think this is happening, and then somebody feeds off of that or keeps feeding you information to support that point of view, it can become depressing Mm -hmm. and lead to anxiety and more fear (laughs) and more anger, and that's not where you're going to make your best decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist, but I've lived long enough, and I've seen it, and we need to all say whoa, you know, take back the reins and say, let's look really, what do we need? We need a place to sell our product. We need to know that we are selling a healthy product and we need the operating environment that allows us to produce that product. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's start there and then figure out how to get it done. Mm -hmm. But again, it's always about 
first, let's try to think about common ground rather than why we need to be putting on more fence yeah. or walls. Well, the other comment that I think about in that is is having a balance because when we talk about what some of the national groups and industries such as you guys and some of the other industry groups, they are trying to address issues that are going to affect us in a negative way. And, and we have to have a focus there. But I feel like if every day we wake up under a cloud of negativity of like, well, this is what's happening in our industry. And, and folks, I don't get me wrong. I'm not naive to say we, there are not serious issues out there, but at the same time, we also have to get up and say, I enjoy doing this. This is a, this is what we're doing. And I, and there's hope and there's a future in our industry. There has to be a balance there or else it's just, you might as well sell out. Yeah. I think uh, that hope I was just, yeah, I get emotional. So I was just uh, think of try to hold on to those moments, the why, right? Why are we doing what we do? And how can we help people understand that so that they want to help us do it too? Right? How do we be more persuasive and helping them understand the why? And if you're familiar with Mike Rowe, he did the Dirty yeah, Jobs yep. television mm-hmm. series. And now I think he has his own podcast and stuff. But I saw a TED Talk that he did that you can look up on YouTube one time. It is phenomenal about how it completely switched his point of view. He he was working on a ranch. It may have even been in Wyoming, actually, come to think of it. And he was going to help them process, uh, castrate sheep. And so he had sought advice from animal rights groups saying how I um, want to do this the right way. What's the right way? But he describes that in his speech, in this TED talk where he's in Silicon Valley or wherever he is. And he does such an amazing job to explain to people, look, I tried to do it their way. And I saw this whimpering, sad, in pain lamb, just in pain versus I did it the rancher's way. And the other lamb was off and on his way and kicking his heels. Yeah. But to hear somebody who was not a lifelong rancher describe that is so powerful. And, and he uses literary terms and Greek yeah. terminology. Yeah. He's really yeah. intelligent. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think, you know, th- this idea is we're, we're doing that. And you, you have something so powerful to share with people about life. Mm-hmm. So let's, gosh, you know, focus on the, that calf, you know, being born mm-hmm. and being out there with it or the, the lambing and, and just, and yeah, there are hard times. And I'm not telling everybody to go out and make your own social media <laughs> page. Uh, but any opportunity you have, you know, share the positive side of it. And um, don't feel like everybody's out to attack you because some people really do want to hear that. Yeah. They're, they're fascinated by it. You bet. Well, we've had some great conversation here. I want to talk about your guys' national convention that's coming up. It's headed to the big sky state of Montana. It looks like it's going to be in Bozeman. So a nice airport yep. for everybody to fly in there if they're going to be coming from other from outside of driving distance. So let's talk about your national convention November uh, 2nd through the 6th. Yes. Uh, things really kick off on the 3rd there in Montana. I'm so excited. They've they meaning Montana hosts yeah. it. So the affiliate has put together the program. We have our business meeting there as well and take care of some awards and nice ceremonies that have to take place. But I'm excited because they've lined up a great speaker talking about the myths about beef and how you can combat misperceptions of beef's impact on the planet and diet health. They have some incredible tours. Often the tours are some of the best parts of convention because you get to get out and into the countryside yeah. and see the local agriculture uh, and ag industry in a rural area 
So we get to go to a meat market and ranch, um, a saddlery and museum, three forks, saddlery yeah. and museum, the Montana bison fashion and yarns. So, you know, using what would be just disposed bison hides, but how do you create useful things out of them and beautiful things? And then Dry Hills Distillery. I mean, what would an ag tour be without <laughs> either the distillery? Um, but we're, we're going to hear from Montana's governor, from their lieutenant governor. We're going to have uh, another update on their malt barley testing lab. So learning from their research facility there where people come from Canada, all across Canada, and uh, well, basically North America to have their stuff tested. We're going to have a panel on sharing your ag story with Catherine Merck. I think she was former Miss Rodeo America. Okay. And uh, also an attorney now and the creator of Ag Acknowledged as well. And that's on Friday. All that's on Friday, pretty much. Then on Saturday, we'll also hear from a gentleman who's lived with Tourette's syndrome, but is nonverbal Tourette's and is going to talk to us about how he how we can help people maintain healthy interpersonal relationships and the importance of quality mental health. But he's also like really funny. So, <laughs> and I expect that given my relationship with Montana Agrowomen, <laughs> I'm expecting to have a really good time with yeah. a lot of laughs. Um, we're going to hear from Perk and from uh, the Montana Livestock Loss Board and the Grizzly Bear Advisory Board. I had the chance, I was in Montana in February and had the chance to visit with Butch and Doreen Gillespie. Doreen's currently the president of Montana Agri-Women and Butch is in the state Senate. And just learning about the role of the Livestock Loss Board and their work in the Montana State Assembly, General Assembly, to try to provide protections for owners so that you can defend yourself against a grizzly bear. It's, it's just phenomenal. We actually have a podcast on that. You can find it at American Agri-Women's website as well. So just lots of the cowboy ninja is going to speak to us. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. It's worth just coming yeah. and you can attend even as a non-member, but you won't be able to vote in the business meetings, sure. but you might say, Hey, I want to join. I totally want to be part of this. And they also have a phenomenal post tour on Sunday, but I won't get to go on that because I'm going to be part of our planning session with officers. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like a full slate of events and uh, I'll mention it here when we, when we finish out here today where people can go to get registered for that. Heather, thanks for joining us. I know you got to get going here. We're, we're hitting a hard deadline here. Uh, the best to you guys, your organization and for your convention coming up. Thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thank you. Hope to see you in Montana. You bet. And again, my guest today has been Heather Hampton Nodal. She is president of the American Agro Women, and we were just talking a few moments ago about their upcoming convention that will be in Bozeman, Montana this year, November 2nd through the 6th. If you want to find out that agenda, what it looks like, you can go to their website at AmericanAgroWomen.org. As she was saying, some great speakers lined up. You don't even have to be a member of Agro Women to go, and uh, but uh, if you want to sign up and later on and become a member, well, there's that opportunity, no doubt, if you go there on their website is online registration you can print out the registration hotel information everything you need to know about that speaking of their website if you are interested in more about the american agri women and all the things that they do now we touched on just a few things that heather was talking about here today there are many other things that they are very involved in and i encourage you to go to their website if you're interested in becoming a member you can find out more information there again that website is americanagriwomen.org 
Well, stay with us. Coming up next, meteorologist Don Day joins us as we take a look at our long-term weather. Yeah, I'm just going to forewarn you, maybe a little bit of a yawner for this coming week for weather across the country. Not for the folks on the East Coast or in the Gulf of Mexico necessarily. You'll find out why on that. Plus, we'll get a La Nina update when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. stressed cattle during weaning, shipping, receiving vaccination by delivering a multi-day supply of essential minerals and nutrients. With Zinpro Perfusion Drench, you can keep receiving calves performing and achieve a 16 to 1 return on investment with 20% reduced respiratory loss. Optimize performance from the start with Zinpro Perfusion Drench. For commercial cow-calf producers, crossbreeding with Galvay and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galvay and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf wean per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improved feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Gelvy and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvate.org. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. Justin Mills here as we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. And uh, I heard you last week reference the upcoming weather that we're going to see here for the next, this upcoming week to be kind of Goldilocks weather because it's not a whole lot going on. So so with that, let's focus a little bit on what is making some weather news, and that is hurricanes. One in Canada, one out of the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, both of those could bring some different uh, kind of weather for folks uh, in those areas. Yeah, well, a lot of the central and western United States will be clearing out and seeing some very nice early fall weather conditions. The the eastern part of the country is going to be where all the action is. First of all, we've got what will be left of Hurricane Fiona that uh, hit Puerto Rico and the other islands down there is heading almost due north and will get caught up in the jet stream and go right into Nova Scotia. Uh, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland could see some hurricane force winds. It it will likely not be a hurricane by the time it gets up there, but it'll be packing a punch. And then uh, we have a disturbance that is likely going to become tropical depression, Hermine, then eventually probably Hurricane Hermine, and it is going to threaten the Gulf. Big question marks, though, on where in the Gulf? Because I tell you, Justin, we have got a smorgasbord of different model solutions Uh, where this hurricane could go. It could go right across Florida, then maybe affect the Carolinas and parts of the eastern seaboard. It may just drift west towards the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. And then from there, it could go up to Louisiana or Mississippi, or or maybe it's going to go west into Texas. So how's that for um, some some meteorological gobbledygook? You've covered all your bases, so you can't be completely wrong. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, This is typical... um, normal storm systems and frontal systems do they they are basically meandering outside of those jet stream winds and they're really susceptible to just the smallest little changes in the weather pattern that can make them go all these different directions that's what makes them so tricky but our confidence is high that there is going to be this tropical activity in the somewhere in the southeastern united states towards the middle to the end of next week And it's in a very favorable position. We haven't had any 
tropical storm or hurricane activity in the Gulf of Mexico yet. So the sea surface temperatures are warm and conditions are going to be favorable for that development. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about sea services. I know there was an update coming out for more of a long-term look at the La Nina update, and we are heading into winter number three in a La Nina, but um, it does show that we by this spring we could be probably uh, more in a neutral phase than we are in a La Nina by spring. Yeah, let's certainly hope so. This is something that we're really keeping our fingers crossed that this happens because La Nina just is nothing but headaches from from drought to extreme heat to extreme cold. Uh, it, it causes a lot of problems when La Ninas go more than two years, which this one has done. But we did get an update uh, about the third week of every month. Uh, they do run the sea surface temperature modeling that tries to help predict what those ocean circulations and ocean temperatures are going to do in the future. And it does appear as though that right around or just after the first of the year, we'll start to see the sea surface temperatures begin to try to get back at least neutral or near normal conditions. Right now, La Nina remains extremely robust across the tropical Pacific from South America to Northeast of Australia. Uh, Really quite impressive. Uh, But there is some indications, and this is the really the third month in a row, uh, that we'll start to turn the corner. And hopefully by late winter, I think it's really important that it turns by late winter so that by the time we get into that spring season, we're at least in that neutral phase, which is really important in terms of getting closer to average spring precipitation for a lot of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, while this coming week is going to be pretty much uneventful in terms of inside the uh, the central part of the U.S., um, we've talked about the hurricanes off the coast, off the east coast. When we look at the next major weather change pattern, uh, what are you looking at there? Well, boy, the month of October is coming on up and the month of October usually throws a few curveballs. And I don't think this October will be any exception. Uh, I do expect that uh, the first weekend or towards the second weekend of October, especially between October 5th and 10th, uh, we're likely to see a shift to colder, unsettled weather in the western United States. This would include the northern plains as well and the Pacific Northwest. Uh, but it, it's going to be a while. It's going to take a week or two before that next big change comes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here. Good uh, update here on our weather for folks across the country. Have a good day. And again, that was meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. If you want to find out uh, more about him or the uh, daily video podcast that he kicks out Monday through Friday morning, you can go to his website at dayweather.com. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on this week's show when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. Living in the country means working in the country, and that calls for a tough tractor. 
Well, Bobcat has 15 models in its compact tractor lineup from 21 to 58 horsepower. With the help of your local Bobcat dealer, you'll find a perfect match for your property and to-do list. Get a look at all the different models at Bobcat.com, and while you're there, use the Build and Quote tool to design your ideal machine. Get yourself one tough tractor from one tough animal. Bobcat. Visit Bobcat.com. Well, hey, as we close things out here on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show, and uh, if you're just joining us, we were talking with Heather Hampton-Nodal, who is current president of the American Women earlier on in our show, but it got me to thinking here that uh, we do need to be involved, and rather than quit these organizations, be a part of them. Be a part of a change, be a part of a direction that needs to happen uh, in terms of coming together as an industry. There's some great organizations out there, and there's many organizations that represent our industry industry in different facets and, and forms and I encourage you to be a part of it because it's one thing to it's kind of like voting you can you can not vote but then you really can't complain about who's in political power if you don't vote well you really can't bellyache too much if you don't get involved in these groups and be a part of them and so I encourage you uh, just in light of our conversation today that we had with Heather be a part of these organizations attend the state conventions uh, maybe if, if it'll work for for you to attend a national convention because one of the things that I realized when talking with Heather on this was the the conversation that they had on their food and energy supply that was this past July is that and we talked about that that if if you go to some of these events and you hear from some of these speakers that you're going to hear maybe a different perspective that you did not know walking in and so I think it's very very valuable that uh, we we be we are involved in our groups and our local state affiliates in our national affiliates and be a voice, be an active participant out there rather than just active complainer. There we go. So there's my two cents, I guess, for the day, if you want to call it that. A quick thank you to our sponsors today, Biozyme. It's weaning time. So for protection and recovery, think Vita Charge. Visit vitafirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. And the American Akaushi Association, Zoetis. Visit inheritprogress.com to request a call with a rep and ask about free TSUs to get you started. And speaking of Zoetis, for parasite control, visit getlessparasites.com for solutions from Zoetis and the American Simmental Association. Sim Genetics is profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. And Zenpro Perfusion Drench, optimize performance from the start with Zenpro Perfusion Drench. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine. If you don't have your subscription, I encourage you to get it started. Go to the new redesigned website at WorkingRanchMag.com and you can start your subscription today. Well, be sure to join us next week at this same time and same place or on your favorite podcast provider i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long